The Running to Ricky Sanchez podcast is presented by DraftKings Sportsbook. Sign up for DraftKings Sportsbook. Use promo code RTRS. Download their top-rated app. And brought to you by Body Bio. That's right, Body Bio. Get 20% off Elite and everything else on the site at bodybio.com with promo code RTRS20. LL Pavorsky Jewelers, where right to Ricky Sanchez listeners go and get engaged and kinetic skateboarding. Get 9.1% off your first order with promo code Dave Silver. On the show today, the Sixers have lost four straight, have lost their grip on first place, maybe even second place. We'll get Mike's panic level about all of it. Uh, Joel Embiid's games played, sort of mismanaged. Tobias Harris now dealing with a knee injury. Ben Simmons has a sort of secret illness. And listeners continue to pile on talking about Shake Milton's loser energy. A lot on the show today. Uh, Before we get going, a serious note. I'll just read this note we got from Mike. Um, You know, we... We, uh, as we, our community means more to us than just the basketball and more than the silly jokes. And Mike sent a note. I don't know what is driving me to email you guys this time, but for some reason it feels like something I need to do for my own process. My mom has recently passed and it got me to thinking about what she has left in me that has carried through my life and will continue to do so. The love of sports and in particular the Sixers is one of those things. Before I or my younger brother, who got me into your podcast, were even a thought My parents would go on dates to the Spectrum to watch an older Doc or a younger Charles. They would sneak down to the more expensive seats because much like the Sixers that inspired this podcast, they just weren't that good and quality seating could be had at nosebleed prices if you played your cards right. After my parents had kids, the glory of Iverson and Tony Hill dawned upon us and the sheer lunacy of fandom was still there. We would definitely we were definitely a house that yelled at the television without regard to what the neighbors may hear on the other side. As the Sixers seeped into mediocrity once again in the following years, we were still very much watched the television in my house at least 82 days a year. As the process began to finally bear fruits, my mom was still a must-watch every night and asked me every day if the Sixers were playing. Just like every generation before seems to do at some point or another, she left out some letters in some players' names, uh, E-M-B-I-D, Corkman's, etc., but the love and passion was still there. The last game she got to watch was Joel dismantling the Nets. I think she enjoyed it as much as she could at that that time, and I know deep down that that she loved a crazy fan that she created, someone that gets so dedicated to a team they have to email an absurd podcast about uh, about her upon her departure from this earth. That's something my mom left in me, and I'll always love it for love her for it. Thanks for taking the time to read this, and even if it doesn't get read on the podcast, it felt the right to write it out anyway. Um, if you have time, I would like the world to know that they're not the only crazy fans out there, and it is indeed genetic. Love you guys, TTP. So just wanted to send out uh, our love to... Um, to Mike and his family and uh, his mom who blessed upon him this curse that we all have, that we live and die with a team that mostly um, seems to <laughs> seems to disappoint us in the end. So love you, Mike. Love your family. Very, very sorry about your mom. Uh, without any further ado, Amos and the show. Right, y'all. We were right. Even when it went wrong, we were right. We were right, y'all. We were right. 
Welcome to the Rice to Ricky Sanchez podcast. I'm Spike Eskin, along with a guy who will take some time out of his usual day spent trading crypto to do the pod. That is Mike Levin. Thank you, Mike. Yeah, big day for crypto. Yeah. Big day for crypto. The thing I like most is that it also is terrible for the environment. Yes. What a, what a fun treat. Yeah. What a fun treat that is. Great. Yeah. Good stuff. Good stuff, guys. It's the best. At least, at least it's super cool. Yeah. Like, at least when you talk about it, you sound so cool. Holy shit. Creating a thing that doesn't even have a physical presence being bad for the environment is actually a new a new uh, a new tier. Yeah, it really is. Remarkable. Really is impossible. Um, I thought before we get into it, I thought you would enjoy this Apple podcast review as it does quote you. We're at a 2,882 uh, five-star ratings. Leading intellectuals of our time, the quote is from Mike Levin, um, as you can look at Milwaukee, who has their own big three that is obviously a little bit smaller than Brooklyn as far as bigness goes, you simply cannot find uh, this kind of hard-hitting analysis everywhere, anywhere else. Five out of five. So there you go. Absolutely never quote me back to Milwaukee. <laughs> this should be illegal to do, to write it out, the things I say. <laughs> I have no interest in it. Oh, speaking of be speaking of quotes, I didn't I didn't put it in the in the lead of the pod, but I do have some quotes from Sam Presti that have not appeared anywhere else. He gave a talk to some college uh, on Zoom, and one of our listeners was on the talk and asked him about what the difference between what he did and what Sam Hinkie did, and why he is not being punished. And we're not allowed to post the video, but I am allowed to read the quotes, so I have that a little bit, little bit later. Speaking of quotes, so it's, it was very funny to watch him. Um, so hmm. Sixers have lost four in a row. Suns, Warriors, two to the Bucks. They are now um, second place in the Eastern Conference, a game behind the Nets, a game and a half in front of the Bucks. I like. Um, boy, I don't even know what to take out of the Bucks games aside from it does seem insane that they would play Embiid in the the first of the two when they knew Embiid wasn't when they knew Simmons wasn't going to play. Um, Shake Milton looked pretty good in both games. Uh, I like. I don't know. They, these I can understand them losing games without their best players. But every team has had to play games without their best players. And this shit seems to happen at, like, the worst possible time is, is my. Yeah, I mean, it's been a tough stretch. Four in a row is bad no matter how you slice it. They, this is part of, like, the, the end of their sort of death march. Mm-hmm. They did really well on the front end, and maybe them playing that well on the front end allowed them to, I don't know, loosen the reins and also worry about people's you know, clocking in some some scheduled rest type of things of just like it's going to be a loss anyway, so maybe we're fine. Kind of go with it. There does seem to be a little bit of a a little bit of a comfort around the team of just being like whatever, like it's fine. That this is their dog days of the regular season. They seem to be they don't. There doesn't seem to be panic happening. My concern is the is the Joel thing, obviously, and I don't think it's always easy to just sort of just like look at a schedule and and talk to him and be like okay we are going to rest you for these days this is your scheduled rest and i think especially with Embiid going after mvp this was my concern 
when he came back from injury pretty quick was that he would try to like push it when he's probably not going to get it anyway and the most important thing is to get yourself healthy for uh, the playoffs and so it's a little bit of a bummer I think I think the MVP ship has probably sailed and especially because Denver is surging I think they have about the same record yeah they have about the same record Um, yeah I mean I just my concern level is relatively low. I mean, the first game they just got like Steph Curry to death, and that happens to people, and it was honestly delightful to watch. Um, I used to get more frustrated watching Steph. Uh, not that he's not excellent, or, or I ever thought he was bad. It was just like I had. A, I still feel it with Trey Young. I have just like a somebody punched the little guy complex. <laughs> just like punch him in the fucking mouth. Um, but I enjoyed. I enjoyed this one. He's. It, it feels fun after a few years off of from that. And he seems to have um, mastered what he does in a way that, like, age sort of helps you with. You know, yeah. um, because he, he, he just seems to play at a like a speed that is completely controlled at all times. But he has such a control over what everyone else is doing. It's pretty amazing to watch. Yeah, and he's an incredible yeah. player. Um, and then I, Phoenix is a good team, and and uh, they came close in that game, and they, there's some good signs to take. And then these Bucks games were just frustrating. It was tough to do like a a, ro- a road back to back was tough. But it's just a matter of like how much how much is Embiid going after MVP? How much are they like talking to him about it and making sure that like w- prioritizing? I know he wants to be around. It's just like it's just kind of been. It's it's been mismanaged, and I understand how it got there. I don't think it's like everybody is like to blame, and we need to have this big reckoning or whatever. It's we're seventy five fish percent the way through the season, and they have an easy the easiest rest of the schedule in the league. So these losses ultimately might not matter if they finish strong. But it is a little bit frustrating that MB didn't get some more rest in this stretch. Like if you're going to lose, at least don't have him play back a road back to back. Like it's well just, now, now like it, for, from the rest perspective, now they've put themselves in a situation. Well, sure they they can get the the number one seed still, and Milwaukee has a pretty easy schedule remaining as well. That the Nets have a, mm-hmm. a much more difficult schedule, but now I think they have three back to backs left. Now the the idea of getting those guys rest in this final stretch seems more difficult, you know, depending on what happens. So they put themselves in that situation. And I agree with you. It's very easy to blame. And, you know, like, I think in the beginning, we probably overrated Doc as a coach, but I'm I'm never, it's pretty rare that I'm blaming the coach guy about anything. I don't even like talking about it. Um, It's very easy to blame him or blame the organization for which games they played him in. There's nobody, Joel is the ultimate decision maker in that. Like you cannot, yeah. you cannot rest a player who doesn't want to be rested. You can't. It's just not how it works. And Joel, and this is just me projecting and guessing, but I'm, I, f- I feel pretty sure in it that I think the criticisms of his durability bother him personally. And yes. you know, and MVP aside, I don't think he likes whether it's going on the internet or watching TV or whatever it is, seeing that. You know, oh, he's he's not durable enough, and if you want to do this, so I think it could be about MVP, but it's also about he wants to be, he doesn't want that. Unfortunately for him, he it feels like he could play eighty two games for five years straight, and it would still be a conversation about him. It's never going to go away, but I don't think he likes seeing it, and I think like he likes seeing well, the team needs me here, 
Um, we're playing it back to back. I can do this, but it just ends up in the end not being the best for anybody. But there's nothing. I, I don't know that there's anything you can do about it other than him sort of continuing to mature into understanding what is best and what isn't. But that said, all that said, holding on to number one seed, I believe, is not the be all end all, but it's super fucking important. And yeah. now, uh, so it's it's easy to say we'll rest these guys, but the six the, the difference between the Sixers having all three of their stars and not having all the three of their stars is actually sort of massive. Not like Brooklyn, you know, Brooklyn has been able to survive with two of them and without Durant for 75% of the season. The Sixers just aren't that way. And now mm-hmm. they're in a position where they're going to have to, if, if they're healthy enough to play, they're going to, and Harris also with obviously nursing a knee injury that we didn't totally yep. know about. Now they're in a position where they're going to have to play a lot of those games, you know? Yeah, for sure. I mean, I think it, number one seed does matter. Mm-hmm. So you can avoid Brooklyn, Milwaukee in the second round. Um, that'd be huge. Letting those two teams beat up on each other while you get, Atlanta or New York or a, a weaker Boston team, or just I'm not going to say that Boston's weaker. Strike that from the record. I'm yeah. I'm not counting. Two. They've just wrecked us that. in two straight in two two out of three playoffs. I'm not going to assume anything. They need to beat Boston. I want Boston in the second round, not because I'm so confident in beating them, because I just need them to. I just I just physically need them to, need to anyway, exercise the defense. It's just easier to, yeah. to to have that than it is to face those two guys and let and let, and let Brooklyn and Milwaukee beat up on each other in the second round. We've just never been, I mean, like, I think we've had this conversation partly before, but we, we've just never had a, like, a perfect, all easy, breezy stretch of Sixers basketball going into the playoffs. Mm-hmm. It never happened. No. The, the, they had a 16-game win streak kind of out of nowhere on a season that they knew that they would have an easy end of, end of year. But partly through that, that was Fultz's rookie year, and partly flew, through that, uh, Embiid breaks his face on Fultz's mm-hmm. shoulder, and then they play the rest of the season with like Simmons just flying around the court and Bellinelli and Eliasova and all those guys just shooting everything. Um, and so Embiid was missed some of the that Miami series, and then came back with a mask they didn't like. Blah blah blah. Next year, uh, Embiid injury coming in, and then also has the shits in the Toronto series, and then the year after that, Ben. Did he? Was he? Did he? Out, I. I don't remember. Was he? Did he get hurt his back before the playoffs, or that right that first game? Uh, no, I thought I thought Ben missed the playoffs because of his knee. In the bubble, I thought it was back, wasn't? It? No, what, no, no. He he, he had back injury, but I'm I'm relatively certain. I'll, I'll look it up. But I think he missed because he had like a knee. Either way, the the, yeah. the vibes of that season were so bad. Anyway, right. it was never going to happen. But it just feels like we've never gotten aside from that 16 game winning streak, which was the most like. Don't appreciate. We, I, I think in the moment I was like, just lose someone, lose please, because it's too good, too fast. I feel like we've been paying for that since. And so I just want, you know, more than the one seed. I just really want them to be healthy and feeling good going into the regular season, into the playoffs. And so if they go, they got what, fifteen games left or thirteen games left? Whatever it is. Um, if they go like ten and three and end up in the two or the three seed, fine. Fine. It's an easy schedule. They should do it. They could. They could win all of them. I actually don't want them to. I think that winning all of them is is a bad omen. If just sprinkling a loss here or there, um, but I would like to feel okay. We have our ducks in a row. Even if Brooklyn's healthy, even if Milwaukee's healthy, we gotta just 
be able to go to battle with the guys we got at, as, as healthy as they can be. And I think that's that's more important. I would like that just spiritually mm-hmm. going into the playoffs. Yeah, the, the other thing about being the three seed specifically is that not only would you have to play Brooklyn or Milwaukee, but you would not have home court in either of those matchups, which is not as much as it used to be, but still, you know, means something. The other, the, as sure. far as, as far as like the other matchups, it's, everything is bunched up so much. It's, it's pretty hard to even know who you would play. Like you could wind yeah. up as the one seed and end up playing like Miami and Boston in the first two rounds, mm-hmm. which would be, you know, like th- they can beat both of those teams, but is a, a tough draw for yeah, not exactly a treat for a, for a one seed <laughs> yeah. for sure. So yeah, I mean, I think I don't think there's much to take out of these Milwaukee games aside from like it's. I always find it very interesting that Giannis doesn't cover Joel. Mm-hmm. I think that is. Um, I wonder if they ever even try that in the playoffs. I feel like they just don't think he can handle it. They, they'd rather throw PJ Tucker on him. Also, not worth the fouls, maybe. Yeah, probably. Yeah. Um, but it is. Fu- it is cool. I think I feel cooler seeing like. All right, Giannis doesn't cover Joel, but Joel covers Giannis. And, like, he can do a relatively good job on him. Um, but, yeah, I mean, the it, it was interesting. I think I think informational for the Sixers to see Joel have such a hard time on Brooke Lopez because you just don't want him running out and contesting threes mm-hmm. from a seven-foot center that can stretch the floor like that. Um and so I, I I've always I always like the Joel on the honest matchup. I think it engages him in a real way on on both ends, um, and I and I've and I just don't want him away from the basket like that against on Lopez or Bobby Portis who has never missed a shot against us or whatever. Yeah, I, I also think that we're in the stage of the year where we don't really see what the other teams are actually planning on doing against us in the playoffs. Um, I, I'm actually pretty intrigued to see how teams are going to defend the Sixers um, in the playoffs, like whether every team is just going to double and triple the shit out of Joel and just not let him beat him and, and dare everybody else or, or what ends up happening. I agree with you on the, yeah. the Giannis matchup too. Mike, I have been hearing uh, from Ricky listeners, unsurprisingly, I'm not surprised that they have tried Elite. I've heard from three or four so far who have tried Elite and are stuck on it and are not changing. Now have it every day. Wow. Yeah, it's good news. I like when, you know, like, you know, I'm glad that the sponsors support the pod, but I love even more. Yeah, I think it's important to both of us that the shit actually works and we like it. And uh, Elite by Body Bio, it works. What it does is it keeps you hydrated properly. Being hydrated is not just about drinking water. And it's not just about not being thirsty. Being hydrated affects how much energy you have. Uh, Overall, how healthy you are, how well you sleep, whether you're going to cramp or not. I used to have this horrible cramping problem. And to to be properly hydrated, you need more than just water. You need, that's what electrolytes are, right? So you used to think that the only way you get electrolytes is by drinking these drinks. They come in 16-ounce bottles. They're purple or red or orange or green, and they have sugar in them or artificial flavors, all that kind of shit. You don't need that. All you need is E-Lite by Body Bio. It's got three things in it, sodium, potassium, magnesium, nothing else. You take a cap of it in the morning, a cap in the evening. That's what I do. You can't, like, overdose on it or anything. And uh, you put it in your water. Can you imagine overdosing on magnesium? He has... 
He has too few cramps. Yeah. Something's wrong. Yeah. Yeah, you need to be cramping more. Uh, I actually mm. put it in, I don't drink a ton of water. I drink lots of Spindrift. So I put it in my Spindrift in the morning and at dinner. And the, my cramps went away. I used to have all these awful cramps in my calves and in my feet and in my hamstrings. I used to get them in my abdomen. They were fucking terrible uh, because I wasn't hydrated right. Body Bio is an awesome company because they're local, South Jersey. Uh, they're family owned, family operated, and they have tons of different supplements. Eli is just the one we're talking about now. But the good thing about being a small company like that is that it doesn't take much for them. You know, science is changing every single day. It doesn't take much for them to shift and change things and learn things, which they're doing all the time. So I believe in Body Bio as a company. I believe in Eli as a product. What I want you to do is go to bodybio.com and use promo code RTRS20. Try Elite. Just try it. I'm telling you, try it. For even if you're not, even if you don't exercise all the time, being hydrated is super important to your health. If you've learned anything over the last 15 months, is that being healthy uh, is important um, in a lot of different ways. So disagree. Disagree. <laughs> Mike has gone the opposite way. Yeah. Um, we've often said, you know, Mike is a higher water content than the normal human at this point. 95% water, mm -hmm. I think he's out there. Mostly. So go to bodybio.com, use promo code RTRS20, and uh, you get 20% off Elite. Just give it a try or anything else at their website. Uh, you know, click around. Bodybio.com, promo code RTRS20. I, it was nice to see Shake play pretty well. Uh, George Hill looked rusty. I, I got to say, though, they... Um, Tobias Harris, I know he said his knee feels better, and he, I, I suppose you could say that without Ben and then without Ben and Joel, it makes life much more difficult on Tobias. And he's, you know, he's a good offensive player, but he's certainly not a superstar offensive player. But yeah. he didn't look right to me. No, you know, he doesn't look right. No, right? He doesn't. He doesn't. I mean, it's it's hard to know what is like. He was just supernova earlier in the season, and if uh, she's cooled off, but he doesn't. He doesn't look right at all. Um, and it would have been nice if they were going to lose by 40, it would have been nice to give him another couple days on that knee. Mm -hmm. It's just, this is, I mean, everybody's dealing with this. Every team is going through, like you're racing through the season. Mm -hmm. You're f cobbling together teams in COVID protocol and stuff. The Sixers had to play that, you know, if they lose by one game, if they get missed the one seed by one game, like I'm going to be thinking about a lot of things, the Joel shot that should have counted. Um, and uh, the Denver game, you know, the game when they they played, they had seven people and had to pretend Mike Scott was active so that they could. That was against Denver, wasn't yeah. it? The with the Tyrese Maxey thirty nine point game, yeah. and with the NBA made him play it, and it's just like. Then they started canceling games after that, but prior to that, it was well, you, you go go head out there, and so it'll be. It's it's been a weird season. Everybody can point to games that they, you know, just kind of gave away because of whether it's. COVID or, or because of the compressed schedule or whatever, but... Um, well, we had a couple of games against Miami. Hopefully we end up. We had a couple of games against Miami that we won. That, like, yeah, for yeah. sure. So, um, uh, What was the other thing I had from... Oh, and the other thing that my proclamation from this, even though the Sixers did not have full roster, is that I no longer believe that the Bucks are fraudulent, and I do think they have a chance to win the East. And like I, the last two years, I have believed that they are fraudulent for sure. But Drew Holiday is just every time I watch him, he's better than I remember him being. And there were a couple of times where first here are the the, the two things about Drew Holiday that I don't remember until I watch full games of him. One, he plays with a real calm on offense. You know, like mm -hmm. he, he has a, a he is very much in control, which is 
he just seems to know where everybody's going to be. For And, and for a, a player who you weren't even sure for the first five years of his career whether he was actually a point guard or not, I think is pretty incredible. The other thing is how fucking big he is in that when they put him down low against George Hill, George Hill had no chance. And there were a couple of times where Drew was on Tobias and there's no size advantage there really, like for Tobias, like Tobias can't muscle him really uh, because Drew's so strong and is so big. And I, I don't think they're frauds anymore. They look different on offense to me than they have prior. It definitely seems less Giannis centric than it used to be. Yeah, we'll see how that goes in the playoffs. Yeah. But they're, I mean, they're definitely a good team. And when they hit shots, is they they weren't hitting shots for most of that game. And then they obviously got incredibly hot in the third. Um, but when they're hitting shots like that, you know, the role players like Lopez and Portis and DiVincenzo and Connaughton and stuff, it's just, it becomes like, that's a good team. Like, but if they, if those guys start missing or go cold or get, mm-hmm. you know, lacking confidence in a, in, in a way of like, it becomes the Giannis show. I think Middleton, Middleton should shoot way more. I think they, I, I agree that their, their best offense is when like Giannis is not having to create everything mm-hmm. because they do have guys who can, score in different ways and Giannis can just be like he can just clean it up you know to, I feel like too often it becomes the like here let him operate and do the like one to one or two moves that he can do which one of those moves is eliminated when you have Joel because Joel's bigger than mm-hmm. him and can hang and so that's why I like that matchup um I did think it was funny that they started the game in his own it was such a uh <laughs> such such a way to be like I don't know fuck it whatever it worked uh it, it worked for a little bit yeah, yeah and Without Embiid, uh, a late scratch and all that stuff. It's it's tough. I mean, the the stuff I took from the game is I want Seth to shoot more. Yeah. Um, he got really hot in the third quarter, cut it to one before they exploded. Uh, I think he's just, like, good and helpful, and too often he disappears, and I want just more volume out of him because he him, him with the ball in his hands, if they can, you know, set screens well for him, like, it just opens things up and... And is, is a way to get good offense without having to, you know, Joel brutalize people in the post or, or, or consistent to bias, you know, post fadeaways if he's not feeling it. Um, so before we, we move on, I want to get your 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 need your need to panic one to ten level on these four issues. Um, ten being total freak out, one being I don't even care. Um, okay. one to ten the injury issue, why don't we put um, the combination of Tobias, Ben, and Bede, and we should throw Ferk in there. Injury, panic level, one through 10. Um, I think always, like, you know, we don't know what Ben's is. Yeah. They're calling it a flu, an illness, which is, you know, scary. It's been, it's been a while. They're saying it's not COVID, but that just is scary for it to be that long and he said he's feeling better hopefully he'll play against OKC um but theoretically that won't can persist and be you're always worried I, let's give it like a compared to everybody else I don't think it's any more mm-hmm. so I'll give it like a six okay uh panic level one to ten the Sixers end up the two seed as in will it happen or, or my panic if it happens all of it together um, a five. I mean, I don't think it's not like if Brooklyn got the one, it's not like that's a tough place to play. Mm-hmm. Like it's close matchup. It's not like 
I mean, there might be as many yeah. Sixers fans there as Brooklyn fans, to be honest with you. Yeah, Nobody yeah. in New so York gives a fuck about Brooklyn. Super concerning for me. Milwaukee, I guess, would be a little bit more concerning um, just for having to be over there. Um, but, yeah, so I would say... I would say like a f- like a five. I hope I hope one of these concerning is is Dwight getting a, another technical and suspended for a game because that's that's the thing I've been tracking most. I'm really <laughs> locked in on that. Well, it, it, luckily it resets in the playoffs, so might as well just yeah. get. it I out do of want him season. to get. It, Doc's right. Like that was a just reputation tech. Yeah, they just but, give him. He, they just call fouls on him. They call technical fouls on him. You see what I mean? Like honestly, I'm not gonna. But he earns. No one them. needs to talk about the. He earns them a lot of the time, but also so do other guys. And I think like. They, the refs just sometimes get T-happy, and it's just like, we're we're missing our two best players and our best Korkmaz. So, like, you don't need to be calling texts on the whole team, guys. Like, I just, they're missing calls and push-offs. I just, I'm, I just hate the ref show, man. I hate it. And they just do it. Like, you know, it just happens to, it happens. Tony Brothers happens too much. But I do, I do like Dwight getting suspended for a game for a technical foul. Yeah. That would be good. Um... I, how many te- how many texts do you think Dwight could get in a game if you didn't get kicked out after two? I think he could get there. I think he could get close to five. Yeah. Um, panic level one through ten. The Sixers end up the three seed. Um, if it happens, I'll say like a like a seven and a half. Mm-hmm. But um, I don't think it's going to happen. Mm-hmm. And it is still more important that they are healthy. And then panic level one through 10, George Hill is likely going to get not a ton of time with the lineup that he will actually play with in the playoffs. Two. Two. I think it's fine. Okay. Yeah. I think it's fine. I think I, I, I like George Hill. He's been, you know, he's, 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 he's I don't want to say limited because that, that seems negative, but he's just very, he cuts the fat of like what, doesn't need to happen and he just kind of does it whether it's like he's very like straight line kind of in both directions and I do I do like how he's kind of come in and right away been like mentoring Maxi. he's talked about how they've gone up against him in 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 games and George Hill's like giving him pointers on stuff as they're attacking each other and and Maxi credits him for for helping him this year I just really like what Maxi's brought to the table the last couple weeks it's been like really one of the only bright spots yeah he's um, improved in an obvious way in a, in a, Absolutely. Yeah. Like the jumper improvement is significant. Like seeing him improve a jumper over the course of a season is really gives me hope for the rest of his game. Mm-hmm. Um, attacking with his right, he really can get there kind of whenever he wants. Um, Doc, Doc has said like the, the all the rookies have just the bit like the favorite the, the most amount of work ethic that he's ever coached, which is cool from a from a rookie class. It's uh it's been good, and I think. I, I, I really would not be surprised if the offense gunks up in the playoffs. They start to look slow, as they really do look slow right now without without Ben because they have nobody really to push the tempo. I, I would not be surprised if, like, hey, they're down, you know, 24 to 10 late in the first quarter. For Maxie, he just yeah. goes, like, let's bring in Maxi. Let's yeah. see what he can if he can infuse any sort of juice into the lineup. That's what he does. The playoff shirts are out. We've done playoff shirts for, I think, four years now. Um, have we really? Yeah. It started with the, the snake one. Remember process or die. And then we had the, um, only we had the Orlando tie dye and, uh, we had one more different color. Maybe it was the rockets color one. We had four, we've had four. So this is the fourth. So two, two themed, um, one 
takes really two of your phrases, it and it's pink. I, like honestly, th this is I feel like a really solid Mike shirt in a lot of ways. It is a, a dusty rose is the color with a baby blue. I'm a big baby blue fan. On the front has the Ricky logo with the best ability is ability underneath it. And then on the back, it only counts if we win. Um, that's, that's the ethos right there. Yeah, that is, that is our playoff uh, 2021 ethos. It only counts if we win. And the other one we're calling a playoff shirt, even though it doesn't have much to do with the playoffs. Though, I do think... A Sixers Denver Finals would cause a meltdown of, of a lot of proportions. Is the band Denver show? What? Yeah, that would just make you. You'd become an influencer. Like you'd yeah. become. You'd be doing a lot of front-facing video. You'd have to probably like move to like an Airbnb or something because you'd get some threats. Well, I already be, did. It would be a lot. Yeah. So when I first started this, that there shouldn't be a home pro sports in Denver, a Denver CBS affiliate interviewed me via video to talk to me about it. And about half, it's on the internet, about halfway through it, this part didn't make it. I said to the reporter who's interviewing me, I said, are we really doing this? <laughs> what are we doing here? You know, I'm, I'm kind of joking, right? Like, um, anyway, so there's the Band Denver shirt, which is, is, is themed around the old Nuggets logo. It says Band Denver. And then underneath it says Thin Air, Not Fair. Um, I've had, we've had several orders from Denver, which I think is funny as well. So you have to order them. It's a pre-order. If you order by May 5th, you get it by the time the Sixers start the playoffs. Uh, yeah. If I was a Nuggets fan, I would definitely, but that's a, that's a cool shirt to, to own as a Nuggets yeah, fan. Yeah. I thought Tanner did a great job on it. I told Tanner the idea and he came back and I thought crushed it. So the shirts are, my, my new favorite is this Gildan soft style by blend, um, 50% cotton one, which they both are, uh, $21.99 for each. Or if you get both of them, we have a lot of people order both. It's $39.99. Uh, just go to our website, go to writesrickysanchez.com. Um, the hard to stomach YouTube comment of the week. It's actually shake Milton themed is brought to you by kinetic skateboarding. Get 9.1% off your first order with promo code Dave silver. I know there's probably a lot of sneaker people listening to this. I'm not a sneaker person, but kinetic gets these Nikes that do, literally don't go anywhere else. They're the, they do raffles for them and stuff. I've thought a million times about getting involved in the raffle, and then I realize how much stress the raffles cause Ben at Kinetics, and I don't. But uh, kineticskateboarding.com, 9.1% off your first order with promo code Dave Silver. Okay, two YouTube comments and an email, all Shake Milton focused. The first one, I felt deja vu between Shake and Embiid. Clearly, Joel was pissed with Shake's stickiness over the past couple of games. All the best to you directly from Brazil. Am I the only Brazilian listener? From Roman, Shake has loser energy. And then an email from John. <laughs> this question is for Spike because I can feel Mike's anger already. Is Shake Milton a loser? He complains to the refs nonstop, but worse is the bad body language. Everybody in the league complains, and Shake does get a bad whistle. But more than anybody else, Shake throws his arms up in disgust and is slow getting back. The lack of effort and concert complaining strikes me as loser behavior, not to mention the smoker's arms. Keep up the great work, and I hope Mike doesn't cancel me. Mike, a lot of comments about Shake's loser energy. Are you concerned? I mean, I, I don't love the—I do think he gets a bad whistle, and I can see how that's frustrating, but I, would, I wouldn't mind someone pulling him aside and talking to him that's like, it's, this isn't helping. Like, it's just not, and we don't get back on D— Afterwards, or when you just start to force it and all that stuff, it it is detrimental. But I do think like some of the shake. He's had a couple of bad games, but he's also shooting 
he's having the best month from three of his uh, of his season. He's shooting forty four percent from three in April. Um, so that is a, a bright spot, and I always I'm always gonna love Shake. I think he's just really really good, especially on this contract. It's one of the best contracts in the league. Um, but yeah, he's, he struggles sometimes, and uh, and I I. I I, as much as I, this isn't my kind of, this is a you question, loser energy is a, is a spike uh, area. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't accept it generally, but I, I, I can't uh, fully throw it out because I do, I do see a little bit what they're talking about. Well, you do, you do think Kyrie, as far as a basketball player, has loser energy though, right? He's looked good this year, man. It's, yeah. it's, it's, been, a, it's been a tough year for, for guys I don't <laughs> like on the court. Michael Porter Jr. Um, Brandon. Michael Porter Jr. has been good, but I do think he's going to suck in the playoffs. Brandon Ingram, Brandon Ingram I think still sucks. I think he's, I think he's still MP Stats' bad team. I do think MPJ, if he was on a similar team, MPJ playing with Jokic really you know, masks a lot of his, uh, his badness, he's, especially on the offensive end. Yeah, I... Uh, I was I was lit, I, I heard Zach Lowe say like that Michael Porter Jr. and I think Kevin Pelton said it as well is has improved. I haven't watched enough of him this year, but has improved a lot on defense. It's hard for me to watch like guys like him on defense unless they're getting burned. I, I I'll oftentimes don't even know what they're supposed to do in certain situations. So I don't know if they're bad, but. The like five or so Nuggets games I've watched this year, he didn't appear to me to be as drastically bad as he was last year, uh, Michael Porter sure. Jr. Um, I think if, I think most of it is like falling asleep off ball. Like I remember, like Kuzma just killing him with back cuts mm-hmm. in that Lakers series. The I asked MOC about the shake loser energy thing, and he said that, and you would know better than I, but he mentioned like that SMU, which is where he went to school. There was like yeah some loserness there as well in, <laughs> in terms of the situation. So I, I, I don't like, I, I don't like the, I, I like Shake a lot as a player. I believe in Shake Milton. Like when, when we get the, the question about him or Thibault or Maxi, I've always defaulted to I would take Shake because I like his skill set a lot. I'm, I'm, I am kind of bothered by the, you can complain a lot when you hit to a, a certain, like, a certain success threshold in the NBA, it may, it gives you more room to complain. He has not hit that threshold, and he just doesn't look like he's a lot of times vibing. He is the player that is like, sort of like, seems to have on court disagreements with other players on the Sixers more than any other Sixer, and mm-hmm. it it is. I'm not ready to call him loser, but I I'm concerned about loser energy. I would say that would be my. I think it's just a matter of like. You get a bad whistle, and maybe this is a thing you can't do in the season. You'd have to look at it in the regular season with, like, your trainer or whatever. But, like, figure out how to get a better one. Like, watch guys. Mm-hmm. Watch hard and watch guys. Like, yeah, what are you, you know, doing type wrong? Type of guys that get, they get those whistles. How can you better get it? If that's about, like, you know, getting your body in front of him more so then you can, like, take a dive afterwards, Kyle Lowry style, whatever. I mean, like, figure it out. And so, yeah, it's been – there's some of that, but I generally think he's really helpful to the team, um, and they need him to – be a spot-up shooter who can also create a little bit and and help them out of the sort of mucky lineups that, that Doc likes to run. A listener asked that I ask you this. I posted it on Twitter as a poll. If all NBA contracts were set to zero, all NBA contracts are voided, you're starting a team, this is your first signing, 
you have a five-year, $185 million max contract to hand out to one of the following four players. You have to hand it out to one of the following four. Now, I have my bet as to what you would say. Um, even your ranking, I believe I would know. But Ben Simmons, Julius Randle, Tobias Harris, Brandon Ingram. Who would you pick to give I, the contract? Well, I voted in the in oh, the Twitter poll, oh, so I already, I already did this. <laughs> um, I would say Julius Randle's been excellent this year. Really good. He's been absolutely really good. His his jumper has improved massively, and it looks not fluky. He's averaging six we'll assists see. a game, too. Yeah, I mean, they don't have anybody else to do it, so yeah. I think that's just sort of like they're just letting him have the keys. And, and with, the, with his jumper being as good as it is... And his physicality, and he's also slimmed down, so he can get to the rim and stuff. It's a, he's a t- he's a he's a tough mismatch. I think the Sixers would play him well because Tobias and Simmons and some of Matisse can can stay with him and Danny a little bit. So it's he's not like a really a difficult matchup for us, but but I can see he is for other teams. Um, but it's just hard to to say that he would be my pick because it's just there's not enough evidence of that over over the years. Um, although it is a good story, and I do, I do, I am happy for him. Brandon Ingram, you know, I'm not an Ingram yeah. guy. Uh, I predicted he would rank building, fourth in your. If you're starting a team, no, I would probably put Ingram over Tobias. Okay. Um, because he's younger, and I think could still be growing, and I and I think uh, there's a way to build a team out from with him. I think Tobias is tough to start a team with with him just because he's already as old as he is, and he's only and, 28. You know, limit. Yeah, but Ingram's what twenty three. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, I'm gonna go Simmons. I think it's not that surprising that I would. Mm-hmm. Um, I think you can as a as a starting tent pole piece to a team, you can really you can build out from that and have a uh, championship contender in that type of system more than you probably could if you start with any of those other guys. Would be my bet. Hmm. Yeah, I had it. I said. I said for you it would come down to Simmons or Randall. I, I thought that you would vote Simmons. Um, I said there was no way you would pick Ingram, and I knew that you wouldn't pick Harris. So, yeah. so it's it sort of. I, I think I, I, I knew that. So look when you talk, I I talk about my preferences, uh, two and a half hours a week a week for yes, yeah. However I long should know. done this, it's not, yeah. it's not a surprise. Yeah, no, no, no. I'm not. I, I certainly don't. I'd say the same thing to my wife. I'm like, I w- she was like, well, how do you know what movie I would pick? I was like, because I've been asking what movie you want to watch for 10 years. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So Sam Presti did a Zoom. Uh, by the way, I would take Randall. I'm, I'm sold. I know there isn't a ton of, like, there isn't a, a ton of evidence, but it's one thing if you're doing what he's doing on a team that isn't winning, but, like, I don't know, they're winning a good bit, the Knicks, you know? And he... He plays hard, and he plays hard on defense, and I think you could pretty much play him with anybody. I, I, I don't think that there's a – the fact that he's shooting 42% or whatever from three, even if that's not real and it's more like 37% on six attempts, like that's still great. I think you can play him with anybody. So I would, I would take Randall first. That would be my – I'm sold. Yeah. yeah. The Knicks are a fun story, like, yeah. and they're trying very hard, and you can tell that this is a very Tibbs coach team, yeah. and there seems to be good chemistry among the players – and they have certainly good players in there. I think R.J. Barrett is is already improving at a rate that I did not expect. Yeah, I thought um, he was. His jumper, I thought he was his, his jumper specifically. I think he's. I think there's a little bit of like, God, he puts up some clunkers sometimes mm-hmm. because he's not a natural shooter. He doesn't have natural touch, but uh, he's been better than I thought he'd be. But I, I do. I do wonder if they end up getting 
if they get Boston or Miami or whatever somehow in the first round, there's a good chance that they just get swept. Oh yeah, out of there. Yeah, I, I, think, I think because they've been trying so hard and because they're counting on a lot of guys that there's not a lot of shooting in that lineup like traditional that you're so scared of in a playoff matchup. They they just try really hard, and when everybody else rat- ratchets up the defensive intensity, could they, you know, that even out a little bit? I, I think it could. I'm enjoying them. I, I have nothing. I really have nothing against the Knicks. I'm enjoying my Knicks fan friends having a nice time, and I love Nerlens, obviously. Yeah. Um, but it's you know, there it's a, it, a, a it's a team of tryhards in in New York, which is fun. Yeah, but let's see. Let's see what happens. The well, they, I I don't think they're actually good. Good, but I do think they have put the franchise in a position to now. You've always said like the fact that they are not able to like lure a superstar recently is like disgusting. Yeah. I think they've oh, yeah. they've put themselves in position to lure a star at this point. I agree, you know? Mike. I have a, a couple of. Um, I, th- I guess you could call them jewelry jewelry related holidays coming up. One, Mother's Day, um, yeah. you know. Two, my wife's birthday, which is actually the same day as my father's birthday. How about that for fucking weird? Weird. Yeah. So, so you married your yes. father? Yes. <laughs> well, God, holy smokes. Couldn't be more different in so many different ways. But this week, look, Mother's Day, you got a wife or a girlfriend or a you know significant other or even your mom you want to get jewelry for. Very important. LL Pavorsky Jewelers is where you want to go um, for any of those things, or birthday, or anniversary, or if you're going to get engaged, LL Pavorsky Jewelers is where you want to go. The very first sponsor to come on board uh, of the Rice Ricky Sanchez podcast and has been, I would say, what, like reaping the benefits ever since? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, look, number one, that's what you get. He's the guy who commented first on the article. Yeah. That's... And he's reaping those benefits for years to come. <laughs> he's been saying first. <laughs> that is so good. Uh, LL, but obviously was around long before us. Uh, 32 years, 33 years? I don't even fucking know anymore. He's been at 707 Walnut. Um, I've mentioned this a bunch of times, but like you go into a normal normal jewelry store and there is a salesperson just on your ass. You go into LL Pavorsky Jewelers and it's really just LL, usually one other person, maybe two there. And right now it's by appointment only. So it takes that care in you. He is about more than just like fucking selling you some jewelry. He wants to talk to you about basketball, annoy the shit out of you, whatever you want. LL is there for. Um, treats our, our customers like gold, like diamonds, you could even say. Like, God. Um, if you need an engagement ring, whatever you need. Um, gold se- works also. What's that? Gold works. Diamonds. Yeah. It all works. Treats our customers like rose gold. Uh, it, could be, it could do anything. Lee loves fucking rose gold. Let me tell you. Oh, who doesn't? He's a big rose gold fan. 215-627-2252 to make an appointment with Lee. Uh, Lee at LLPavorsky.com. You can do it online if you don't want to go there in person, too. You can do the whole thing online. Uh, or tweet at him at LLPavorsky. Enjoy the Twitter. Scroll through the Twitter before you tweet at him just to get a sense of what you're dealing with. Um, and always supports our charities, Providence Animal Center and Coded by Kids. LL Pavorsky Jewelers. Four losses in a row. Hasn't taken a screenshot in a week. <laughs> so good. So Sam Presti did a like a talk with I I don't know what the school was, but a sort of Q and A on Zoom with a school, and a listener asked. We're, so this is this is Sanctity Hour. Is that what we're is that what we're yes, the segment yes. that we're jumping into? Well, I'll I'll give you the question that was asked of him. Now I could say I give credit to the host because the host 
took the words of this and did not ask it exactly as it would as it was asked. But the question was. In 2015, when the Sixers started off 1-21, league owners pressured Adam Silver to take action. He subsequently worked with owner Josh Harris to bring Jerry Colangelo into the ownership group. Hinky was fired shortly thereafter. In recent years, kind the of. Thunder have op- adopted a process-like mentality. You've benched Al Horford and are sitting SGA indefinitely. You have 15 mm-hmm. first-round picks between now and 2026, which is far more than Hinky ever hoarded. If Hinky's conduct warranted intervention, why doesn't yours? So... Yeah. The question, which is a fair question, you know, and if forgetting about Sam Presti, who just has to do his job, if you're the, say the, the commissioner and you are letting these, you have to think about whether it's time for you to resign. So the, the host asked a question about hinky and tanking and, and what his thoughts on that are. And he used the phrase tanking. So, um, you can hear it in Presti's answer and what the difference between what Presti is doing now and, and if the league should step in. I, the, the host did soften it. Here is Preston's right, I'll, response. I'll, I'll, I'll read it because I want to I wanna okay. feel it in the moment. I want to okay. really put myself in, in Sam Preston's shoes. Okay. I'm good friends with Sam, so I have a lot of respect for him over the years. I knew him when he was in Houston. He's actually from Oklahoma, a very small town, so I look at that different. Look, I understand the terminology and the narrative around that. I don't know where that term came from. He's talking about the term tanking, from, by the way, yeah, just in this case. I think it came from boxing when someone intentionally tried to drop a match for gambling purposes or something. I think there's a pretty big difference between that and a team that has to rebuild itself through a system that everybody has to work within. So if there were ever a situation where players or coaches were intentionally doing things to affect the outcome of games, 100%. If a team or organization gets to a point on their timeline where they think it's in the best interest of the franchise and the value of the franchise to focus on the future instead of the present, and in order to do that, you invest in young players and the development of young players and draft picks so you can build a more future-facing team, I think that's business. I think sometimes we have to realize that, yes, it's entertainment, but what people don't want is a mediocre product. When someone's really good, someone's not really good. I'll use the Sixers as an example. They kicked our ass a couple weeks ago, and the Sixer, and the series is now 21-4, to 4, so they have to beat us 16 more times to get to 500. But that's just the nature of cycles. The reality is Daryl's team in Philadelphia is going to be really good for a long time. The shoe's on the other foot. They're going to be beating us around for a little bit. That's sports. You know, how do they get there, though? Through a strategic building process that's going to get them what? 10 years of sustained success, and they were bad for what? Four? There were other teams that were bad during that time that aren't going to have a 10-year run of success, so you could argue that their strategy to rebuild through young players' draft choices and play the longer game might end up being the best business strategy as Hmm. opposed to those that were resisting that. Hmm. So I suppose it's all how you frame it. But by no means is anybody doing anything that will be equated with what that term is. I think it's just rebuilding. So... If a team, Wait, so is this there a, was a bit of a space where somebody else jumped in and said something, and then Presti came in with this. I, I will say all Presti has done here is really just make our argument. But um, yeah. I love this because this is something I've never heard anybody else say, and this is what Presti came in and said at the end. Go ahead. If a team trades all of their draft picks so they can win now, are they tanking in the future? <laughs> It's a good point. Like, yeah, I mean, that's what we always. We've this yeah. is all everything we've always said, and I think, I think I would like Presty to say like, yeah, it's bullshit. Times have changed, mm-hmm. and he should and Hinky shouldn't have gotten edged out the way he was, mm-hmm. and Adam Silver made a mistake. Who should and she, he should apologize for it or resign or or resign. insist or Im- implant the Colangelos onto another organization. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think he just agrees with what Hinky did, and this is not like a. It's not a revolutionary thing anymore because people have done it since. And him saying, 
hey, yeah, those other teams that were bad then did a bad job and aren't good. <laughs> and uh, they should have done the thing that they did because for four bad years, it was really three. I think he got three. Um, and it would have been probably even fewer if Joel hadn't gotten hurt twice. Uh, that Yes, now there's, there's years of sustained success on a, just a purely business end. And you know, Spike, how much I love business. You love business. You're a crypto I'm, guy. I'm a big crypto guy, big businessman. And it just makes financial sense to do it. We've talked about this before. The idea of like the, ten, the process as like law school or medical school, uh-huh. where you're paying money to do something that will hurt you in the short term, but... You're building a little portfolio of stuff. You're getting them together. You're learning and growing together. And then you're going to be successful for a long time. And you pay off those debts, which is what the Sixers are doing now. I, it was always bad faith, the people that were against it. They just pretended like they didn't understand. And people do that so often, and those people suck. I, I couldn't agree more. We're on the same page on this one. Uh, and Dave Silver should, I think the best thing here is to resign. Now, the fair thing, if he if he honestly believed in what he did, is to sick the Colangelos on someone like Oklahoma City or Orlando. But the right... And it doesn't have to be Colangelo. It could be like a Rod Thorne. Yeah, you could take a Rod does, Thorne. Does Doug Collins have any sons? It, they have to be associated with the Sixers in some way, I will say, yeah. because we just have such a roster of... Of failed older men. How many that DeLeos just need are there? Jobs. Yeah. There's a bunch of them. Yeah, there's so, so many. many. DeLeos. A um, couple of mailbag questions. Writes Ricky Sanchez at gmail.com. Remember, send us basketball and non basketball. This comes from Brian. We were supposed to do this in the last podcast and I forgot. I love it. I think I know the answer. I'm curious to your answer. Brian, who is the most likely candidate to get caught by an opposing ball handler and fall? It has to be Cork, right? Absolutely can see someone like Reggie Jackson catching him with a nasty crossover, crossover like AI on, Anto- on Antonio Daniels. What do you think? Yeah, Cork could wear it. he got those big-ass feet. Yeah. Uh, I could see George Hill doing it. I, that was my um, second choice. He goes, you know, he plays hard and goes for it. I obviously could see Danny doing it because, mm. you know, there's all that, all that dump in his pants. It, it gets hard. Um, but, yeah, I think he'd probably still have to rate Cork Miles one. Yeah, I, I honestly don't think it's close. I do think there is a possibility it could be. Here's my long shot. Here's if, if it was plus 800, I would bet on Joel. I, there was a point in what article was I reading? I think it was from True Hoop. Maybe it was Kevin Pelton. I forget who wrote it, but just about, or maybe it was uh, Thorpe. Maybe it was Coach Thorpe wrote about Embiid guarding, how Embiid doesn't, Big men don't want to get embarrassed on the perimeter, and they they don't want to like play off the guy. They want to prove that they can do it. And how Steph sort of manipulated Embiid in that. I do think Embiid getting switched on to somebody like Harden would compete so hard that he could get tripped up. Sure, that's, I mean he did it. He covered Drew in the perimeter and stuck with him mm-hmm. really nicely in one of those games. And non-basketball. Um, oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, no, good. A non-basketball question. How do you pr- pronounce the file extension G-I-F? Do you say it like starting the word gift or GIF like the peanut butter? I'm staunchly on the side of gift. Anyone on, on the other side is wrong and embarrasses themselves when they say GIF. I say GIF. I say GIF I as care. well. I think the creator said it's GIF, but I believe it's GIF. 
So uh, this comes. What if the person who says, like, the creator of LOL is like, it's supposed to be lol. Lol. Like, we're like, going to no. listen to that person. Like, who cares? Yeah. Come on. Just because you invented it doesn't mean you have all the answers on no. it. Get know? out of there. Um, from Matt, basketball question. The NBA is reset with every player going into free agency. There's still a team salary cap, but every in- individual player salary cap are gone. You are the GM for a team. What percent of your cap would you offer to Embiid? Who in the NBA would get the highest percentage of a team's salary? And what's the highest you could go on a single player and still have a realistic shot at winning the title? Um, it's I don't a good know. Question. I mean, it's interesting. I, I, I like that there's, I don't think that there should be individual salary caps. Mm-hmm. I agree. I think that's an odd, that's an odd thing. Um, and then you'd see teams being built in really different ways, which I think would be cool. Mm-hmm. Um, like would a would a team of you know, oh one Sixers where it's Iverson and a bunch of a bunch of guys, uh, those type of things versus the your you know twenty fifteen Atlanta Hawks, um, who just kind of put it all together. Like what is the what is the formula there? It'd it, be it'd be interesting. It would also terrify big market teams because if if like let's say the Thunder were yep. okay not winning a title, let's say, or, or lowering their chance of a title, but paying, let's say that the cap is $110 million, paying $80 million a year to Joel Embiid um, mm-hmm. or, or, or LeBron James, like, you know, it changes the game. It, it, it does, keeping the cap, if you went hard cap, no individual limits, it would really fuck with big markets, I think. Yeah, you know, I think that's a way to equalize. It'd be interesting. I think there'd be weirdness among the team. Like, imagine if you're, if Joel is getting paid eighty million out of a hundred and ten million dollar cap, and still missing like nineteen games a season or whatever. <laughs> Might not go great. That is a lot. If I'm if I'm those other players making like I, I got I got you know one tenth of the rest, I'd be pretty pissed off. Like the next highest player makes like seven million or whatever. Everyone looking at Joel be like, that's not. I don't know. It's a it's a good indicator of like team success. You know, yeah, the having other guys buy in. I mean, Joel would have to buy dinner every night. It would be like a lot of like, I'm so sorry. I this is just the new. It'd be tough. I think it'd be a. It would be an awkward spot for them to be put in. Yeah, the entire team is his offensive lineman that he's buying Rolexes for. Yeah, and yes, fucking yeah, all that stuff. Absolutely. I don't know what I would offer Embiid. I think I think his his position and his health concerns would probably not have him top eight or or so you know i i think that like if if you talk about smaller markets being able to create like a 45 win team out of a wing or a guard who is ball dominant um i you know i don't know i think lebron still ends up going first because what he means financially to a team and on the court and i think steph curry would be top three or four i think luca would probably be up at the top um you know beyond that i I don't it would be an interesting exercise yeah it'd be really interesting like if you could get if if someone's gonna someone would go up to like i don't know about 80 percent, but maybe like 66 percent on one guy Mm -hmm. um and so if you could say hey we could get let's say lebron for two-thirds of our cap or we can go like we can essentially like trade down kind of thing and and get like DeMar DeRozan and I was gonna say Kyle Lowry <laughs> just start building the Raptors. I, I don't know why I'm yeah. doing that. Um, but we could get these kinds of like 
a bunch of B plus players, and and it's like LeBron and the next best player is like Kuzma, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, that'd be weird. It'd be interesting to see how that would how that would build together. And I don't know. I, the, speaking of rule changes, I just want to talk about. There's not a good time to do it. Mm-hmm. I I now deeply think that the uh, Elam ending should exist in oh, in overtime. NBA games. Definitely, yeah. I, I think I think regularly. I think there's just too many games. the 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 sport of basketball is too good for it to the last two minutes to be slowed down to like a twenty minute foul timeout. Yeah, it sucks. Brigade. It just it's not good. It is not good for the game. It is. It's not good for no one enjoys it. It it's the the like. 5% of games that are both like really good games and also just like have a tremendous amount of flow to them that you don't it doesn't stop and start over and over again um I think you'd also get that level of excitement in the last bucket moments between both teams and I feel like I feel like it just like has to happen it, well it's whether it has to be the whole fourth quarter like say you could time the first three quarters as is and then the fourth quarter is timed for the first like either six minutes or eight minutes, and then the last four minutes or six minutes is like, a, okay, first to 12 over the... Well, if you're tied. You know, the target I, score. I, th- I think that the problem with doing it in the, in, the, um, in, the, in the normal gameplay in non-overtime is that the, the perfect thing about overtime is that you're starting 0-0. So if you say it's up to 11, then you're at a level playing field. I don't know how you... Do it. I'm sure somebody smarter than me could come up with it, but I don't know how you do it in a in in uh, in the regular gameplay without it being like the All Star Game where they just sort of like blow through the first three quarters and then then the fourth quarter actually counts. You know, I guess you could you could say that that happens now anyway. But yeah. But are are you saying at the six minute mark if it is the Bucks? So say it's six. Say it's the six minute mark and the score is a hundred to. 95. Okay. Then you would say, okay, 15 more points. So then the target score is 115. And so the team that scores 100 needs 15 points. The team that has 95 needs 20. Got it. And okay. so I think it just becomes the basketball that we all play. Like it, the, yeah. the, the, the foul drawing situation is just like, it's just not, it's just really not good. And you can still get some of that. You could still play like hack a Ben or whatever if you want to try to try to do it that way. There's still strategy choices. But I just think so much of it is you know, you're watching I think I think Brooklyn rightfully so fouls late a lot yeah. when they're up more than three. And it's just like I think that's a smart strategic strategy. It just sucks. Strategic to watch. strategy is a good is a good term I just coined. Um, but it's not it's not entertaining, it's not basketball. And I think like you know, when we had Daryl on, uh, sorry, when Daryl had us on his fucking tweet situation. Nah, it was my uh, whatever spaces. It was. So we had him on. Um, Fuck him. Okay. Yeah. But when, we, when that happened, and he was like, "Yeah, there's rules in the NBA that I don't think are good that we'll still exploit." And so I think, I think it's, I think this is a situation where it, it feels worse now over the last like couple years than it ever has. Um, for some reason, maybe it's because there's like so many coaches wanting to like just getting any any small percentile of a of a chance to affect something in a timeout or whatever it is i don't know but it's it it's it needs to be better i'm not a like change the game better the game guy like i generally think it's all fine but the end the ends of games are it's just too many timeouts and 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 foul situations and i think they could they could just significantly improve it with this rule that they're starting to implement i don't think it's a bad idea to start it in overtime i think it's a cool way to to like yeah 
slow walk it in and be like, okay, first to twelve, mm-hmm. go for it. Um, yep. I think that I think that's dope. Um, but I, I do think it should happen in, in all in all games. And make the court two feet bigger so you can make corner threes the same distance as regular threes. It's fucking dumb. I do think that, I mean, I want to keep talking to Daryl about that because that's super interesting. But, like, baseball stadiums are cool because there's different shit. Like, I think it's a fun, there's fun variance in each time. And now, like, you want you really want a home court advantage. It's not just, like, you get your own PA announcer to say, like, let's go Mavs or something like that. It's way more fun to have, like, and there's, like, a little threes. hump in the middle of the court that you have to just, like, be aware of or something. I don't know. Maybe it doesn't have to be as crazy as that, but there should be, like, something. I don't know. There's windows in one place where there's some wind. You have to deal with that. Anything. I don't know. It's cool. Well, you should have to Fix commit. Yeah, but you shouldn't be able to change it every year based on your personnel, I don't think. I think you yeah, should Yeah, I mean, you, you have, have to build to a new to arena. It. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and non-basketball question, you have to live the rest of your life like a cartoon character in that you wear the same exact outfit every single day. Just like a cartoon character, you can wear specific out- outfits for spe- specific activities, like when they go swimming or playing on a sports team, but your day-to-day outfit is exactly the same. However, everyone else in the world can- continues to dress like normal people, not cartoon characters. What do you choose as your cartoon character outfit? I mean, I... I don't, especially over the last year plus, I, I haven't been dressing at all, really. It's just been, is what it is. Alyssa keeps looking at me as we're going out to like go pick up food because we're not eating anywhere yet. It's, And she's like, really? We're going to, we're still doing that. It's, it's, it's like, what are we doing? Who are we, trying to, who are we trying to convince? We're going to pick up food. We'll come back here. It's nothing. Um, I would probably wear like, like, if I'm a cartoon character, Either jeans or joggers and a t-shirt. What are we doing? Let's be comfy. So I've determined that the most wearable outfit for me in every situation I'm in, in that like I do have corporate meetings and fucking like, um, is I go dark jeans, t-shirt, hoodie, blazer. Boom. Interesting. Hoodie, let me, we're an hour into the podcast at this point. So this is for the secrets for the real ones. You go hoodie blazer. That's the thing, man. It's the fucking move. Hoodie and blazer. I'm just, I'm telling you, hoodie and blazer. Oh, you, wait, like you wear a hoodie and then put a blazer over that? Correct. Or Correct. A combination, okay. Yeah. It's a little like tech CEO yes. that I'm a little grossed out by. Yep. I can I see how it's versatile. I, I don't disagree. I probably go like, like a dark jean or like a, a nice slack or something with like a jean jacket. Because I think mm-hmm. a jean jacket, at least in, in in my business, is like, yeah, that works as, mm-hmm. as kind of any version of it. Um, fancy-ish or, or chill. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I, I, would, I, would, I would wonder if people thought I was like inventing a business that like takes the, you know, blood of old ladies and, and turns it into, I don't know, fake money online or something. I don't it, know. Whatever. It is a little tech bro but when you hit the level of like, when you have to be involved in corporate shit and you are and you don't want to like wear a normal suit, you have to be able to I, I understand what you're saying. I agree. And I say that sometimes. I'm like, ugh, I feel like a little tech broy, but I'd rather be tech broy than than I look like I work on like Wall Street or something. I don't know. I mm-hmm. it's it's comfortable and I need to be able to wear jeans. So and then final note uh, from um, from Matt. I also want to say I went on Fly the Process to Chicago, Milwaukee, and ended up being right next to Embiid in the group picture. It was an amazing experience and one I'll never forget. So thanks for that. 
So that's cool. Um, we have so many more. We'll just fucking hold them for next time. So we have good ones for next time. Uh, boy, we game Monday. We have, is our back-to-back against the Hawks now? Is that is that next? or? Uh, it's, well, it's the Thunder. Oh, right. right first. Right. Um, and so then let's get that win and and keep and keep uh, getting getting that record closer to even for Sam Presti, and then two against the Hawks, yeah, and then a uh, um, and the Spurs, Spurs Bulls. I mean, it's a it is an easiest schedule. The Hawks are the best team record wise that they have left. I think they have the Pacers Heat in the final week. Yeah, that heat on those teams will both be playing hard yeah. uh, at that point, but um, they should they should win. They should start winning a bunch of games and. It would have been really nice if they won that Milwaukee game, just sort of stole it from them with like the bench guys. I'm, I'm getting, I'm starting to get like wisps of a little bit of last year vibes of like it's gonna be fine, it's gonna be fine. Yeah. Um, but I I feel okay. I think it's okay. I think it's gonna be okay. They're leaving too many guys open. I don't love a a either hard double or don't. Um, Can can I ask you about? It's gonna be okay. One one player that I saw in the Nets that they just signed to a ten day. And I was like, whoa, this guy's good. Where the fuck is was this guy? Mike James. Mike James. Yo, yeah. What the fuck? Um, he's good. <laughs> yeah, he's playing for Cheska Moscow. Okay. Um, he's, a, he's a good, you know, little fast guard, like power guard. He's, I think he was on Phoenix a couple years ago. He, yeah, he was on Phoenix and New Orleans a couple years ago. He's good. He can score. Yes. Um, he's, got, he's got exactly the kind of player that you want the Sixers to have. Yes. That you think would be perfect that he would probably never play here. Oh. Like in a... He's also 30. Um, I don't know. I see the fucking Nets. They got all these fucking guys all of a sudden. You know, you you wake up one day and you're like, wait a minute. How do they win without their guys all the time? And they have all these guys. And they signed this guy to a 10-day. We're watching Anthony Colliver, like, you know, put fucking oil in his joints just to move around. (laughs) And this fucking guy, Mike James, is crossing people over and shooting corner threes off the dribble. Like, what the fuck? Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I mean it's been uh, it's 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 been it's been a little uh, a little creaky lately. But I've loved I've loved seeing a little Rajon Tucker defensive replacement at the sure. end of quarters. Yeah, I've been enjoying that myself. Um, I love Rajon Tucker for sure. He's the man. He had he had a huge like ridiculous like double pump dunk in some garbage time the other day, and it's just like if he can ever be useful, that would be very cool. All right. There's my Mike James. I forgot to complain about that. We'll, uh, there you go. We'll talk to you after the first Hawks game. Are you down with TTP? Yeah, you know, Lickface. If you don't fuck with me, then I won't fuck with you. If you don't fuck with me, then I won't fuck with you. If you don't fuck with me, then I won't fuck with you. If you don't fuck with me, then I, then I, I won't fuck, fuck with you. you. But if you fuck with me, I'm gonna fucking kill you! Time for playing